Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to Tech People. As always, this is Ken speaking. We've been receiving fantastic feedback on our CX series, so I'm very happy to continue this week. We cover a very popular question I always hear being asked, which is automation and chatbox. What are they? Why implement or not implement? What are the challenges and how would you approach an implementation? To answer this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by Amy Bepahani, Senior Director, Customer Service and Operations at Uplift. Amy has over 12 years experience in building call center strategies and initiatives across different platforms and has experienced all the good and the bad of chatbots. So let's get on with it. Welcome, Amy. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you. I was, I was, I think I got your family name okay this time around. <laughs> you did so good. Uh, really, uh, I know it's a tough one. And so thank you for trying. Thank you, Amy. Okay, maybe listen, tell our, tell our guests, tell our audience a bit about you, who you are, and maybe your current role. Yes. Well, thank you for having me, for introducing me. I am currently, I oversee all of servicing support efforts here at Uplift. We are in the fintech space, buy now, pay later pretty hot business to be in right now, installment payments. We okay. specialize in travel, so it makes us unique, which I will tie into chatbots. And as you also said, I have been in the call center space for over 12 years. I came from a hospital and healthcare insurance background. And so I've managed teams over 250 people, 24 by 7, multiple platforms to help the agents do their jobs and to satisfy the customer's ever-growing and constantly evolving need. And so being in this space, I have to tell you, I love saying this, no one really, you know, when you're dressing up for Halloween as a child, you never say, I want to dress up as a contact center operations leader. But I'll tell you, I've been in this space for over 12 years and I love it. I have never been bored. It is constantly evolving. And my favorite part is just how it's really including the technology piece of it. And it's just really exciting space to be in. So, yeah, glad to be here to be talking about that. Awesome, Amy. I love it. I love to hear. I hear that positivity in your voice. Fantastic. And so, wow, 250 people. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, hence why you're experienced with automation and chatbots. Yes. So I know that we want to talk about chatbot and automations. Should I dive into kind of some experiences? Yeah, I do. I mean, I suppose... I suppose why automation to start with versus, you know, the people that you have uh, working for you. And then maybe we can move into chatbots if that's okay with you. Yes. I know that automation has historically had a negative connotation. And I, I sense that it's because people have that presumption that automation means, oh, I'm not going to be needed anymore. Or as a, like, as a, an employee perspective, but then as a customer perspective, they hear the word automation and I, and they think that that means that they're not going to get the same level of service that they would get with a human. And mm-hmm. I think that also may have been true. Definitely when I was in the hospital and we were trying to automate things, it was kind of clunky, but we've evolved right. so quickly that automation now I find is just 
so impactful. It is a really big tool that leaders like myself need in their arsenal. Because what automation does is it takes care of two important groups. It takes care of your internal, your staff, because I consider my staff to be my customers. And then you also have your external facing customers. And automation isn't meant to be construed as, oh, I don't want to help you. Automation is, I need to scale. I need to help a lot of people at once. And you have customers who have kind of your really basic, low-hanging fruit questions. And automation really helps with that. So it pleases the customer because they get what they need right away. And then it pleases your internal customers, meaning your agents, because then they are able to focus their time more on the complicated, intricate issues. And so automation is really a win-win for everyone. But of course, there's a caveat of doing it right. Um, right. So for me, I'm a huge proponent of automation. Okay, very cool. Did you interestingly mention there is scale? So automation really, I mean, when you're like really rapid, do you think it's rapidly scaling or can be applied to all businesses, all industries? Yes, you definitely, it can apply to all industries. I love that about even chatbot specifically is that it's so agile and dynamic. It can be applied to any business and it does help you scale so that if you build it well, your chatbot can actually serve as an infinite number of employees. And it can help an infinite amount of people at the same time without putting that burden on your live reps and putting the burden on your call center statistics and your SLAs. Okay. But, you know, you mentioned there, I mean, some people do see, you know, chatbots as can be can be seen as a bit negative, depending on the experience they've had. Mm-hmm. You could talk to us about, you know, some of the challenges that you've experienced with chatbots. Yes. Well, so with that, I'll come from the approach first is that so I've experienced two types of chatbots is there's the chatbot platform where they plug everything in for you. And then you as the the customer really DIY, you do it yourself. So you, they give you the access and the tools, but then you build everything yourself. I've experienced that chatbot. And then I've also experienced a chatbot that is really turnkey and they provide all of the support and all of the analytics. And so for me, my preference was the turnkey opportunity because we're a small business still. Uh, I think we're just at 200 employees. And so every single position here in our company is focused on a specific output that is needed. And so I don't have under my headcount the ability to have an internal engineer or an applications manager. And so really having the support from a turnkey vendor has been just life-changing for me. I'm able to provide them the guidance, the concepts, the overarching strategy and vision, and then they build it. Right. Okay. And yeah, yeah, but is that, I suppose you need someone quite technical to maintain it. Would that be correct? correct? Yes. When I, when I used the DIY version of it, it was really hands-off and that is not any kind of reflection on the vendor. That's just their product, right? That was what they offered. And admittedly, I didn't, I didn't know, right? So I engaged with them, great partnership, but I did quickly learn that it was actually gifted to me when I, when I joined Uplift, it was already here, but I learned that it really required a minimum of 10 hours of my time a week to go in there. Yes, a week, right? And I did, you know, try to share that responsibility with some other leaders that roll up to me here. And it was just, it was kind of difficult for us and that we were, we were counted on to build the widgets, the forms, the UI, you know, kind of the knowledge base articles and all of those things. And to be constantly analyzing the feedback from the chatters 
And that was just really outside of my capability, outside of my bandwidth. And so that was really difficult for us to manage. If I had had, when I worked at the hospital, the hospital was supported by a formal telecom team. And so I would think that if I had used a DIY system when I was at the hospital, there was more resources to support me doing it that way. But here at Uplift, I just didn't have the resources to continue to provide the great service you know, with the chat, but I just couldn't. So I knew that I needed to make a change to a different vendor so that I can really support my customers. Right. Okay. How would it be, you know, so when you say, is it really kind of the simple questions or are they more sophisticated now that, that they can handle chatbots can handle more complicated queries? Yes. And I am so impressed with the capabilities of chatbot. They're dynamic. They definitely use natural language. They use AI. They plug into so one of the vendors that we use is it plugs into our back end system. It also plugs into my knowledge management system. And mm-hmm. I purposely work with this vendor to make sure that it converses with the chatter like a person. And I have the stats to tell you it's wonderful. We offload on average 250 interactions a day. So that means 250 customers enjoyed using our chatbot and were able to get their needs met and their requests answered without having to talk to a live person. And so it just already is... And if a common phone call for us is about six minutes. So that's hundreds of minutes a day that I'm saving and also making customers happy because they got what they needed. Customers really, what I've experienced, don't mind using a chatbot if it's built well. They'll use it if it gives them the information that they need, if it doesn't feel clunky, and if it feels intuitive. And I think that's the important piece is some chatbots are kind of what you call static, where you ask it a question and it just pushes block FAQs to the customer. And there's a time and a place for that. In my space, financial services, because people's lives are so unique... They have unique requests. And I really lean on my chatbot to be able to be intuitive and pick up on that. And so the fact that I have 250 every day or more, yesterday actually we reached a record high of 500 people engaging with our chatbot. I'm just still so proud. That's 500 people that were able to get serviced. And I'm so proud of that. And we're at averaging about 52% positivity versus 48. So I would like more, but I... 52 to 48 is climbing up when we first started out. So and we keep seeing the thumbs up going up more and more. And so we keep tweaking the chatbot to continue oh, yeah. to be like a human. Wow, that's uh, amazing stats. Well, fantastic. I have two, actually two follow-up points on that. One, I'd like to, you know, talk about the approach, how you set it up. But before we get to that, I mean, how did you go about, uh, you know, picking a vendor or picking mm-hmm. a specific type of chatbot? Have you any suggestions, ideas, how you would do that? I do. I cannot stress enough when you're, there's so many vendors out there. I would liken it to buying a car and that there's so many to choose from and everyone has an opinion. And what's wonderful is there's really no perfect one. It's what's perfect for you. And so my biggest suggestion is when you select vendors, ask to speak to current customers. And so I do that even now. So the systems that I use I get asked to be a reference to talk about the system. And I think you've picked up here, I'm very transparent and (laughs) genuine (laughs) and honest. And so if someone asks me questions about my experience with a product, I will tell them. And that has helped me 
I think we take for granted references. People use it when they're shopping on Amazon. If they're shopping for any, they look at the stars, right? And they look at the comments. And so in this field, take your time and talk to those customers and ask them, was it everything you wanted? Do you have any recommendations? Because it's a whole different conversation from an ops person to an ops person, just like you and me. When you and I talk, we have a completely different conversation because we understand the business. And so that's my first, can't stress it enough, suggestion. Okay. Fantastic. Very cool. Tell me, so, I mean, you've obviously, you've set this up, you've worked with partners, you've done it yourself. How would you approach setting up a chatbot? Mm. So it takes, you need to make sure you have the right people in the room and for every company that's different. And so using my experience, we are very unique in that we are business to business and business to consumer. And why I stress that is I needed to make sure that I involved both our product development team and our marketing team. Because if our chatbot is going to live on our public website, I needed to make sure that it didn't just take care of the business to consumer customers, but also the business to business customers. And so I needed to meet with them and ask for their you know, feedback. How would you envision this? What do you think your customers would enjoy or not enjoy from a chatbot? So that was an important step for me. And I learned so much and I'm grateful. And I think that's a sign as why it's working so well. And then also really inquire as to what kind of lift is required from your company. And that's where I also made sure to have IT present so that I could understand, was there some APIs that needed to be built? Was there any other kind of backend connections that I needed to connect in there? Those aren't really hard conversations to have. I think my approach is just sitting back and asking yourself, what's my goal with this chatbot? Am I just trying to service customers? Am I trying to you know, deflect volume? Am I trying to solve for a niche? And then start asking yourself what you know groups of people this will touch. So I know you need their buy-in, right? It did take me a good five to six months to get the buy-in of all of mm-hmm. those various peoples, which sounds like a long time. Yes. And for some people, they could be cringing. <laughs> Understood. But I, every company moves at their own pace. I was already moving forward, honestly, but it was more to get them excited, right? Because once you implement, you need those people on your side if yeah. you need to make a quick change. So I have, I'm very fortunate. I have a strong, really great relationship with our engineering team. And by getting their buy-in, if I need a quick change or a quick build, I can reach out to them. And because yeah. they're invested, they yeah. understand the benefit of building out that quick feature. So I think the early legwork has paid itself for me because then I can easily reach out to them and say, oh, can you turn this feature on for me real quick? And they say, yep, we trust you. We know what you're trying to do and they'll do it for me. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. How about the actual phase then of actually doing the setup? Is that a long time? No, no. Doing the actual setup is easy. I know that a lot of us in my field want quick turn-ons and you, and you can do that. I, my current chatbot, I, like I said, I even though I spent six months, and maybe, that's where I'm trying, maybe it was four months getting their buy-in. I was already behind the scenes building it with the vendor. So I was more just culturally getting their buy-in, but I was already signing up. And so by doing those parallel to each other, I was able to turn on my chatbot from the date of contract to actual turn on within, what day did I sign it? Within three months. Okay. And it was over the holidays. I think if we hadn't had the holidays, it probably would have gone a little bit faster. But it is pretty quick to implement a chatbot. How about phasing it? Then did you phase it in step by step in certain areas? Yes. Yep. I'm actually turning on phase three today within the next hour, actually. Okay, cool. 
I do. So how kind those, of a, oh, how I'm do sorry. You those phases? I mean, what, how do you, how is it, how's that structure? So my first phase was really just kind of a proof of concept. I wanted, that was part of that buy-in is that I just wanted to show the, my internal engineers and my marketing team, how easy it was to connect to the system. So we first okay. just really connected to it. And kind of think like a hose, we just really connected to it just to get the water flowing. And everyone tested the water and they said, yep, it's good. And then the next phase was adding more features on where, okay, water's flowing, but what else can we do? Can we, you know, connect it to multiple streams? Can we make it do forms? Can we make it do payments? And so after everyone saw that first phase, which was proof of concept, then I did phase two and then today's phase three. So to put that in a time frame, we officially launched with our new vendor on February 24th. And I've already had two releases since, and today's my third. And that's only been five weeks, six weeks. Wow, that's quick. It is quick. So that's once you get all of your connectors and your buy-in, it does go very fast. And how many, I mean, I suppose this is constantly evolving, I guess. Is it? it does. Mm-hmm. There's lots of iterations. But as the vendor that I work with, they're a turnkey and they're very responsive. And that's the beauty of it. Some people can find that daunting. I enjoy it that... You know, you do have to, I do check my stats daily and then I check it weekly to see what is the feedback from my customers? What are the consistent utterances, you know, meaning answers that people asked for? What are the things or features or actions being used or not being used? Why are they not being used? But that's normal for the phase I'm in. I won't be this, what should I say? I won't be this married to it once we're (laughs) completely done with our releases. Yeah, I'm hoping okay. to only have two more and then it will be a self, you know, running machine, but it is pretty common. You know, anytime you go live with the system, you kind of check how it's performing each day. Yeah. Brilliant. And reporting, is there like standard reports that you work with? It? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> each one of them come with their reporting. Reporting is pretty common. So that wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't stress on that. If I were searching for a chat bot, they're all pretty common across the board. I would right. stress on, you know, how dynamic is the chat bot? Does it engage easily or integrate easily with the systems that your company uses? And is it easy to update? Meaning, is it something you have to do like that DIY or is it something that they'll do for you? And if it's something they'll do for you, what's their turnaround time? You know, do you have to put in a ticket and then it'll take a few days or are they responsive? So, you know, those would be some of the questions that I would ask myself if I were selecting a new one. Brilliant. So how do you see these chatbots evolving for the future? I see these being... Just, yes, the way in that the more and more I'm seeing them, I'm seeing chatbots being able to pull in other apps. So meaning you're in the chat and it's able to pull in Facebook or it's able to pull in WhatsApp. I've heard of these things happening. I see chatbots being able to submit, you know, request forms, being able to download documents. I mean, I can actually do some of those things now. And I just really see the chatbot serving as kind of an application feel, like an app you know, on your phone and really leveraging that. I can see customers starting to use the chatbot as it's supposed to be, as you're talking to a human and it's able to do the things for you. So I think it's a phenomenal tool for people like myself and multiple businesses to use to help their customers, especially because it can be 24 by seven. You can program it. It's reliable, right? You know, sometimes you run the risk of humans, you know, maybe humans aren't always reliable. You know, a chatbot is reliable and it's objective. So you can pull the data and infer pretty quickly if there's a problem. And it's just, I see it doing so well as it continues to evolve. Oh, awesome, Mary. That sounds fantastic. And listen, thank you so much for your insights and knowledge, sharing your knowledge with us.
if people would like to get in touch with you, what would, what would it be the best way? I would start the traditional LinkedIn way because my email is there and you can message me through there and you could see if you have questions. I'm, as you know, Ken, I'm pretty responsive. It's the easiest yes. one, right? Because you never know. Work emails sometimes have like a spam filter or yeah. whatnot. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. I'm pretty easy to find. There's not a lot of Amy <laughs> Bahanis on LinkedIn. Um, no. And you're welcome to share it. I don't know how you do that with your podcast, but um, I will I, share it. Yeah, definitely. I love helping people. It's, I have found being in this space that it is a really complicated space to be in with no formal training. You know, it is not like being a software developer where there's formal training and mentorship. And so we're all kind of figuring it out on our own while the world continues to evolve around us. So I just find that as my civic duty to this space of wanting Uh, to help all my peers. So if anyone needs help or has questions, I just would love to help. Amazing, Emran. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Thank you so much. That was fun.